0: hello my name is honoré i'm haitian i'm a haitian-based toronto fine artist and i'm gonna be hosting this week's episode of hopping the fence it is a podcast takeover so again i'm an artist i'm in toronto and straight up we're gonna be interviewing an artist who inspires me so it's it's gonna be something to look forward to guys I'm excited. So Hopping the Fence is dedicated to talking to artists on the fringes of the Canadian art scene. Today, I'll be interviewing Sarita, who is an emerging emerging African-Canadian artist, as well as a passionate communicator. Sarita's paintings are filled with exuberance, color, and light. Her pieces pay homage to her African roots. Now, her most recent project she's working on is Nakupenda Baba, it's called.
1: Nakupenda it tra- Baba.
0: Naku- Nakupenda?
1: Nakupenda Baba.
0: Nakupenda Baba.
1: Hey, there you
0: go. Got it. <laughs> and uh, it translates to I love you, Papa, in Swahili. So this project is about Black fathers and children, and they're going to be... Creating masks as well as doing these types of theater performances and creative writing, all things creative, all paying homage to Black fathers and their children. Beautiful. So, our conversation, (laughs) yeah, I'm excited. Yo, I'm straight up pumped. I want to be a part of it, even though I don't have children, but I could like round up some kids in the neighborhood and be a part of it. I might do that. Don't tell nobody. Okay. <laughs> Our conversation is recorded in Tico on the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee, here in Windet, and Schnabe, and the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations. So, Sarita, happy Monday! It's a new week.
1: Happy Monday! How are you feeling? Are I you am ready feeling to take on the week. Hot! I feel like hot. Like hot? this? this yep. Yeah, this weather I is. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm melting. It's
1: unpredictable.
0: It is, yeah. First it like rains a little bit, so it's yeah. you think like you think it's gonna be a refreshing day, like a really nice rain, but it's always light, and then it's just the heat wave attacks you.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's
0: like false advertising. You get the raindrop, like a single raindrop, and you're like, Yay, I'm refreshed. But then it's like yeah. nah fam, you're gonna melt today. So, yeah, I was I,
1: I was kind of out and about today just running some errands and uh I live in an area where I can just walk or, walk around to the places I need to go and I was dying and everybody else oh. is like dying and like in front of me oh. because the heat we're just like oh my gosh but you know what? We should not complain. We shouldn't complain because our winters are horrible. They we are they're too long,
0: off. they're vicious and covid yeah. winter like what is that even going to look like i already hate oh, winter no. enough oh, and now it's going to be like mask social distance thing. still
1: yeah. i i'm
0: not looking forward to it i want to escape
1: yeah. will you come with me i want to i don't know i don't know where <laughs> actually, to but, yet but... i'm actually during this covid i'm actually quite comfortable to be home here in canada oh, right yeah. now during, okay. during covid but and, nice. You know, um, if I did have a choice to run away with run away with you, I'd be like, "Let's go to Cuba, let's go to Havana, yeah, let's been, do it." Like, yeah. I've been wanting to go to Havana for like
0: Havana. so long.
1: It was a plan, but okay, got canceled because nice. of COVID. <laughs> so.
0: no, uh, I know, right? Damn, are we yeah. doing like a resort thing, or are we just like exploring in the in the town? Like, what uh, what's what's it looking like? Oh,
1: I wanted to check out. I wanted to check out um, the flamenco scene in in Havana. Just check it to see what it was all about over there. Yeah, Um, but I'm just gonna have to wait until things calm down before I. um, Flying is tricky right now. um, Yeah, flying, going anywhere is tricky right now. But you know what? It still feels good to be alive and to you know yes
0: healthy feels good not to be healthy and to be
1: healthy yeah exactly exactly
0: (laughs) so (laughs) yeah straight up uh sarita what is what does your practice look like for unfamiliar listeners of Mm -hmm. your work what how would you describe your work
1: well i describe myself as like a creative, multidisciplinary artist, you know, mm-hmm. and my, my passion has always been painting and illustrating yes. and uh, working with oils and collages. And my passion has always been um, creating images that represent the beauty of us. Yes. You know, if, if I can be a part of you know, putting out beauty in this world, you know, then I'm definitely going to do that and the only way I know how to do that is through my art. So, for years yes. I've I've always um, painted the beauty of women and the painted painting the beauty of dark skinned women. You know, mm-hmm. I I am a dark skin woman myself.
0: Yes, so,
1: I, I yes. <laughs> so I just feel, I just feel like, you know, um Uh, that the beauty of dark-skinned women just needs a little bit more representation out there. 100%.
0: I Yeah, I I totally agree.
1: So I'm just, I've always been fascinated with creating that and um, fascinated with, yeah, with like what other artists are doing around the globe and being inspired from that as well. So that's my main thing, oil paints, collage, illustration, yeah
0: Mm. so what um what about acrylic painting how do you find the difference or what has drawn you more towards oil i'm just curious well
1: acrylics i i started out with acrylics like i started like when i first started painting i started using acrylics but then once i discovered oils i just Mm. can never go back because there's a richness In oil paints, there's a richness and there's just a vibrancy within the colors. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, oil paints is just much easier to work with, even though it's a lot to learn, there's still a lot to learn, you know, Mm -hmm. there's still things about oil painting that I'm, uh, I'm trying to understand, especially with working with different mediums used with oil paints. But I absolutely love how the colors um, just pop out. And Mm -hmm. I find that working with acrylics, um, it doesn't really do the same thing. And I also love when you work with oil paints, you can work with it over a long period of time. Because it stays wet. Right. For weeks, so even.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. For, for
0: weeks on end. So. Yep. So yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I. It's interesting. They're so different. The medians, because the even the blending colors, for example, with uh, uh, oils supposed to acrylics. It's so yeah. easy to to blend with oil and like come back to the piece, and you can like totally just switch up the painting, working with mm-hmm. the same uh, wet paint. Whereas Mm -hmm. um, acrylics, you gotta like go now fast and paint over it, or like you know, in order to like really switch up the concept, if you want to take your painting this way or that way, you have to work fairly quickly, unless you have like um, some type of manipulator that uh, keeps the paint wet, like Mm -hmm. an oil per se. But yeah, it's it's interesting the mediums, both the mediums, working with them and how artists use them both. I mainly work in acrylic. So I'm fascinated
1: cool. when, uh,
0: yeah, when people try each, each medium.
1: And how um, long have you been working in acrylic for? How long have you been doing that? How long?
0: So I really got into painting during my stay at Centennial College. Well, I I went there and graduated this mm-hmm. fine art studio program. That's where I honed in on painting. I'd never really done it before. Okay. And I had played with both. I did oil and acrylic, but I found oil the it's I have a short attention span. Like seriously,
1: <laughs> like I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, but you have a short attention span, but you're a painter. <laughs> yeah, yeah I,
0: I don't know. You, it doesn't make you, sense. But yeah, like, you need
1: I to have the, like the most ultimate patience. You do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I
0: know. I just do like a couple yeah. strokes and I'm like, yes, a masterpiece. Well, not, not, I don't mean to like boast or anything, but yeah. I think my pieces are masterpieces always. Of course,
1: of personally. course. Personally, yeah. um, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I just, uh, I don't know. I found the transition between acrylic paints just easier for me in that, in that sense, because I could make these pieces quickly and in orderly fashion and I, I could just like put them I could have a discography of work in a matter of months opposed oh, to man. like um oil painting but I did li- yeah. I really love uh, the way you can mix and manipulate oil paints that's my favorite part about using oils
1: yeah you can yeah. just come
0: back yeah. to it and it's a new experience
1: yeah exactly exactly mm. and then for me it's like going to the art store is like candy for me like that Ooh, is the yes. me. <laughs> same and so, so oh one art store that i've been going to for years for like 20 years has 20 been years Which yeah one? that's a lot Gortzman's. Gortzman's. oh that's yeah. a
0: gem wow yeah is, how many yeah. people know about that that's yeah ah, it's okay. like one
1: of the most you know it's one of you. Yeah, it's been they've been around for a long i think the 50s yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, you know? yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah, nice. Mr. G. I like that
1: choice. Yeah, right. But, uh, oh yeah. yeah, wow. He passed away. I think last year was it. Oh. Yeah, but he's always been oh, very it. like lovely to me. So it was, it's oh, either like go, Gortzman's or Above Ground, and usually mm-hmm. in both both those places, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like I'm like a kid in a candy shop. I get so excited. Yo,
0: straight up, <laughs> <You know>? yeah.
1: <laughs> just sometimes <a> <laughs> sometimes Some I just go going. Amazing.
0: yo yeah like i just walk in and i like i feel i need to buy something whenever like i don't even need something but like yeah yeah, i would say above ground i love the variety it's like no other art store i would say in the city they just have every little like brand or like every little version of what you need or are looking for so it's addictive. You no, know,
1: exactly. Like yeah. during the during the COVID, it was a bit of a nightmare because everything was closed, and I really wanted to paint, right? right? Yeah. And then you know, oh, I know I like had to like wait. I mean, I could have ordered, you know, but that would have yeah. taken some time. So finally, yes. when I called Above Ground and I was like, "Are you guys open?" They're like, "We're open. Come in." I was like, "Yes!" I was <laughs> yeah. So At last, Christmas. <laughs> like, Christmas
0: came God. early. Yes, yeah.
1: Kristen definitely came early. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, love it. So um, so I wanted to touch on, uh, I was just reading up on you a little bit. And as yeah. an early artist, yeah. this, this is something that resonated with me. You stated in 1998, you had yeah. several mentors and teachers that really inspired you and they were just yeah. like a dynamic group. And... That resonated with me. Just I like took a time machine back to ninety eight, and I I'm not even yeah. trying to date you or or. Myself. <laughs> they, do not be my age. I mean, I mean ninety eight. That was
1: that was
0: a that was a great year actually. That was a hell of a year.
1: Yeah. Uh, pop yeah. Culture.
0: But uh, in 98, I remember just being so influenced by by peers around my neighborhood. Some of them were yeah. artists and my mother was even an artist and she was the biggest yeah. inspiration. And I would do all these crazy drawings and illustrations and I knew that I wanted to make art for life. Like it yeah. was in my bones at that point. That was yeah. the foundation uh, of my art career. When I was that, <laughs> when I was... Uh, a boy in 1998. I'm not going to mm-hmm. stay the age, but
1: yeah. <laughs> honestly,
0: that was where it all started—the the yeah. trajectory of being an artist. And I'd love to hear your experience with that type of group, that dynamic. And was that a point for you when you were like, "All right, this is this is for life"?
1: Well, mine started like even before that. Okay. You know, we're when, when, like the the same way you said you stated with your, you know, your you know, being inspired by family. Um, My mom, uh, she used to bind books together for me, but she couldn't keep up with me because I would constantly finish them because I was drawing all the time. Nice. You know, so she would always like bind these books. And one day she came home with like, like a pack of like 20. She's like, there's no way you're going to finish wow. these 20 books. Oh, <laughs> you know, challenge. For okay. um, but I would also say like my grade school teacher was one of my biggest inspirations Mr. Uh, uh, in grade two and grade six. I remember her nice. saying to me when I was in grade eight, she said to me, you know, Sarita, if you just if I don't know if she should have said this, but she was like, if you just want to drop out of school and paint for the rest of your life, you should just do it. And I wow. I was completely shocked. Like, I was like, I don't think a teacher is supposed to say that. To me. But <laughs> yeah,
0: I've never like, heard that from a teacher.
1: Yeah, yeah but she would, um, she would stay after school with me, even though she had kids and she had a family wow. and she had a husband. And when one school finished, she would stay after with me to help me with my art because she was an artist herself,
0: you know? So she
1: would always help me with my paintings or my drawings. We would be in the school until like five o'clock, right? Nice. But, you know, in the late nineties, there was, I I don't know if you were here in Toronto at I was not, no. No. Okay. So in Toronto, there was just the late nineties to the early two thousands, there was just this vibrancy, like, an art scene here, especially within the black community of poets and mm-hmm. artists, and writers yep. and theaters, you know, it, it was yep. really inspiring. And, and I would like to say that I was kind of a part of that, you know? Oh, beautiful. And, I, and, um, I would say I, I was really lucky. I had, you know, curators who really supported me. I had professors who, um, would, um, they would invite me to their their classes when I wasn't in their class. They would say, "Just come to my yes. class and this no way. class or, or they would say, "You know a couple of students would go to their house and we would just go go by their house and we would paint so I feel like wow. I was surrounded by I love
0: I, this. I was
1: surrounded by teachers and professors who understood okay you know i'm a teacher a professor and i'm working within the system but they also understood the power of just creating and the love of creating and they wanted to just mm. support their students so
0: yeah um,
1: i was really kind of lucky to have that where people just took me in and was just like i'm gonna teach you this and i'm gonna teach you that i had one teacher teach me about oils teach me how to um put a canvas together, stretch my own canvas, taught me how to measure the canvas. You know, I had another amazing teacher who invited me to her studio and she gave me and my friend when I was in high school, she gave us, you know, art classes on the weekends in her studio just off of Queen Street. That's when I discovered Queen Street, you know, and all the galleries there. Yeah. So it was like, a
0: huge it, hub of, for it art.
1: Was, Yeah, it was pretty, pretty damn yeah pretty damn rewarding and uh, yeah
0: of course it sounds like yeah. that's a beautiful community and very nurturing yeah. wow that's yeah. that's amazing yeah. i'm glad that yeah. you you had something like that that experience
1: mm-hmm, absolutely
0: this week's podcast recommendation is entitled race health and happiness navigating professional life as a racialized person can be exhausting Join dr o a public health physician specialist in toronto as she interviews guests who are overcoming the obstacles of overt and institutionalized racism to achieve the professional goals while creating healthy and fulfilling lives so she has a great episode her latest episode rather and her and professor aquatu kenti they discuss optimism as armor and public health solutions to gun violence check it out While you're already online, might as well head over to www.blacklivesmatter.com. And from there, you can find any and all types of resources for the cause, as well as you can donate to the cause of Black Lives Matter. All right, Sarita, you have have a lot of accolades here. You do. (laughs) And it's inspiring. (laughs) Truly. Starting from the early 2000s into, like, 2018, it's beautiful. Yeah. Solo yeah. exhibitions, yo. I would love, I aspire to have a solo exhibitions, uh, to and have you one.
1: You can do Well, you'll, oh, <laughs> you'll definitely do it, I mean. <laughs> thank you. One yes, you'll definitely have it, and then you'll invite what, me you have yeah. your solo right? It'll be list though, so. yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be pretty high-class stush. Yes. No, not yeah. even. It, it will be open to the public. It'll be free. There'll be yeah. booze and food. Yeah, I envision it. I've always, like, um, had it envisioned in my mind how it's going to go, DJ said. Yeah. But uh, I, you have so much experience. It's And uh, can you touch on that? Like, just the start of you getting into yeah. that scene of solo work and how how it was just getting everything together, yeah. your mindset. Yeah. And then how it's been throughout the years.
1: Who where do I begin? Okay, so you know, when I was younger, I was definitely, well, I'm still young. I shouldn't talk like I'm yeah, old. Girl, black yeah. don't crack. <laughs> like, um, I was kind of against going to art school and I kind of did okay. things my way. Um, And so basically what I did was um, I wanted to really just get my work out there as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so when artists would come to town, like singers um, or actors even, I would put a package, like a promotional package together and send it to the promoter and like, you know, uh, design dressing rooms for Ooh. for artists, wow. you know, singers, and so I ended up doing um, like Alicia Keys, Maxwell, nice. oh. um, Eric, yeah, uh, like I did do, uh, uh Flow Floetry I did amazing. Um, I so many different artists, you know, and yes. from that, so from enriching. That now, I can
0: only imagine.
1: Yeah, so in my early um in my early twenties is when I sold my first painting to a you know, like a a big singer and I sold my first painting mm-hmm. to Erica Badu. Right. Wow. And that was that was huge was for that? me. And, and, and then what's running
0: through your your mind.
1: Well it was interesting. Nervous? I had I had designed her dressing room and wow. um Incredible. the guy who promoted who brought her down, he was actually uh, the The boyfriend of a girl that I was working with, I think she okay. she invited me to the concert. But I had known him, and we had talked a lot. And he was like, and I asked him, I was like, hey, I know you're bringing Erica Badu and Jill Scott down. Can I can I get tickets to the concert? That's what I asked Whoa. him, and he was like, you know what? He goes, Sarita, you're such a friendly, sweet person. You know, he was like, how about you design the dressing rooms for me? because I really like your art. I was like, are you kidding me? He was like, yeah. And so that was kind of the start of me, um, you know, uh, designing dressing rooms and whatnot. And so when I had met her at the time, it was, she was still kind of at the beginning of her career. Okay. Um, it was, I was blown away. Like I walked into the dressing room. She, she was like, hey, sis, is this your painting? And I was like, yeah. And I had like a, a kind of a ghetto uh, portfolio <laughs> Together <laughs> right. And like because okay. I didn't have a lot of money So I didn't you know I didn't have like A beautiful put together portfolio But I had a mm. kind of like a Portfolio of my work and she looked at one of the Paintings and she was like I want to buy that One and she gave me her contact and everything And oh, so perfect. that was Kind of the, the start of that And then because of that Experience I just felt motivated To um, continue To kind of push my work as, as, you know, as much as possible. So I participated in as many things as I possibly could, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, through, throughout the city and abroad, you know, like sometimes me and our, a a couple of friends, we would drive to the, you know, we drove to Detroit once to have a show. Wow. Oh, that's Um, great. Yeah. And so collective. Like at one
0: point, did you have a collective?
1: no, No, we weren't really. A collective. We were just a group of friends, you know, that all loved painting. And uh, one of my friends at the time, he, um, he was just like, "Hey, I'm I'm been invited to do this show in Detroit. You want to come?" And I was like, "Sure." So we drove to Detroit, and did this show. I can't even remember the neighborhood. I just know that it was like in a crazy neighborhood and we had to like check on our car every 20 minutes, nothing oh, against geez. Detroit, not one single bit, but we had, we had the best time ever. Like the people there were so sweet and everybody nice. was so amazing and it was such a great turnout. You know, we had oh, like, perfect. we had the greatest time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And so, um, would it be uh some years later you you worked with Eric Badu once more in uh, twenty eleven
1: yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, so it was years later that you know we ended up doing the collaboration. there's a lot behind that, you know, like okay. uh doing Sweet like uh, mango, yeah, for Mike, I started a company called Sweet like Mango, yeah, and um. It was, like, my greeting cards, designs, and prints and stuff like that. So I had asked her if I can, you know, use her images for um, my next set of designs. And she was like, you know, why don't we collaborate? And I was like, all right, cool, you know? And so we did that collaboration. Um, it It did better, like... In the states and in the UK, like I got, oh, okay. I felt like I got more support outside of Toronto for that, which was cool, and I connected with a lot of people outside of the city. And then there were people here that did, did support the project, but you know, yes, there's still there's still a lot to say about this
0: particular. Yeah, project. no, of course, it <laughs> sounds like an enriching experience. I could only imagine. Yeah
1: yeah uh, that's
0: so great i'm so happy for you though Thank
1: that sounds you. like
0: yeah i <laughs> i really enjoyed erica badu and jill scott they did a versus on igtv and it felt like i was at a concert of theirs like i felt yeah. like i was really close i don't know if you're you've watched versus or know about it but um yeah, it's it. cool oh yeah. so, well it, it basically it's just two artists and mm-hmm. who are pretty popular uh, yeah. Pop culture, and they play their hits that they have yes. throughout the years, or whatever. They usually play about twenty songs each, and they go head to head. It started on Instagram, and now it's just kind of blown up as, and it, it's um, it's on. Apple TV now, you can watch it. So there's been artists like uh, Nelly versus Ludacris. Um, okay. There was one, Erica, Badu, cool. Jill Scott. Yeah. And now there's one coming up, um, Monica versus Brandy.
1: Oh, and wow. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> dope. Honestly, I recommend uh, anybody to check it out. It's on Apple TV or, or Instagram. You can just go on. You can find each of them, the artists on Instagram, and go to one of their lives, and they'll just have it. Um, okay. It's really cool.
1: Okay, cool. I definitely need to check that out. I know there was uh, a big one with two big reggae artists. Oh my god! Yes, Bounty Killer and Beanie Man. And and Beanie Man. Man. Yes, I missed that one, so I want. Oh, it was so good. I need to go and like check that one out. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, that was one of my favorite ones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dope.
0: All right, so I've been meaning to ask you, I you have um, applied for for grants. And I know you're very, it, it seems yeah. as though you're very comfortable in, in doing something like that and confident. And I love it. Yeah. Do you have any advice for emerging artists who, yeah. who are trying to get grants or just trying to get in the, the art scene and don't really know how to get started? Can you speak on that a little bit? Your experience?
1: Yeah. So I've been very fortunate to get support from, um art councils like the Ontario Arts Council, the Toronto Arts Council, and um and most recently uh the Canada Arts Council, at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um I've I've I don't know, it seems like I have a knack for writing grants. Because yeah. it, it, because of good knack. It, it, because of the grants from, for example, like Ontario Arts Council, yes. um I was able to travel to Spain. Like my first experience in Spain was funded wow. by OAC. And that was back in 2012. And my love for nice. flamenco singing, I, I got a grant to train in music for two months full time in, in the South of Spain. And, and then the following year, I got a grant to have my first show, solo exhibit in the South of Spain. And that was funded again by OAC. And then the year after that, I got another grant to go back what? to Spain to train for That's a, a grant. year. Yeah. To train for a year wow. and uh, to train with this amazing flamenco singer. Her name is Lydia Montero. She's one of my favorite singers um, in Sevilla. And I trained with her in flamenco singing for a year. Um, So the thing about about grants, the thing that I follow is for me is I always I speak from my heart. That's one, and then I just follow everything that they ask in Mm -hmm. the grant.
0: Yeah, keep it simple,
1: straight to the point. point, Also detailed. Also, they want to know the experience that you have, and if you don't have a lot of experience, the passion that you have in creating a project and how it will benefit your, um, how it will benefit your present moment and how it will help you to grow, you know, Mm -hmm. like how is the project you're doing, helping you to get to the next phase in your uh, creative career, right? And so, and also just, you know, being realistic with, with your project, you know, like, don't ask for like five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like be just yeah being just being realistic of what it is that you that you need and not being not and not to be intimidated by it because a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of artists from you know when i taught grant writing they feel intimidated because yes it's, a lot of work and mm-hmm. and it is but and I tend to think of it like a college paper And the truth is I don't like writing grants I just I do it because I know the type of creative moments I want to have on a day to day basis I know that I want to spend more time being creative than working for somebody else so I just do it you know and yes. um go get her. And I you know the projects that I I I want to work on. Another thing I would say is to utilize the grant officers. They're there to, to help you, you mm-hmm. know, to call them yep. up and ask them questions. Um, for the Ontario Arts Council, there's a, an amazing grant called the Access and Development Grant, and that's specifically for Black and Brown folks. And people of color you know so that's that's um one grant that i got one year to train uh in flamenco singing uh in Ooh. spain so i'm very i'm very grateful you know i feel like in, yes well in traveled canada, at that. Yeah, in canada and ontario we're we're kind of lucky with that you know yeah mm-hmm. we can that our country has flaws, which we do like many other places around the world. But yeah. in terms of funding, and I don't know how much longer we're going to have grants for, <laughs> with the way things, um,
0: yeah,
1: are it going. Is different yeah,
0: has changed things.
1: Yeah, like things are things are changing. But compared to when I was living overseas in Spain, um, and uh, in other places, it seems like. You know, there's a lot more funding here than other places, but you know what? I could be wrong. I'm only, com- I'm only comparing it to where I've lived, you know? So I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we're, we're lucky. We're lucky here. We are.
0: Yeah. yeah. Even for like free healthcare, it
1: just makes things easier. Yeah. <laughs> for free, free healthcare. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're very lucky to have free healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So Sarita, where can people find your work and just get in touch with you about purchasing pieces?
1: Okay, so I have a site called saritawignall.carbonmade.com and also on my Instagram, uh, you can add me at Sarita Teresa, and um, you could just see like the projects that I'm like the paintings and drawings that I'm working on. I tend to post those or post uh, works that I'm working on for clients and things like that. But right now, the site that I have is Sarita dot
0: Thanks for listening to hopping the fence, a podcast dedicated to the fringes of the Canadian art scene. If you know any artists or people of color who are artists that you'd like to hear interviewed or you'd just like to correct or fact check an episode, you can email Casolino at gmail.com. Instagram is at hopping the fence. So do your little thing and let her know. Many (laughs) thanks to OCAD for the financial support. And as always, support black businesses. Buy black. Support us, Rita, myself. Do it. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Amazing.
0: Yay. All right. That's
1: it. All right. See you later.